from him who establishes for us a certain hope on the rock-solid basis of his own resurrection and enables and encourages us to live our lives against the backdrop of that certain hope, a life that is to come. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our epistle lesson from the fourth and fifth chapters of 2 Corinthians, especially these words. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. This is our text. It was the light, the grass, the trees that were different made of some different substance, so much solider than things in our country that men were ghosts by comparison. Those words were written by C.S. Lewis in his famous book, The Great Divorce. Now, The Great Divorce is not a book about marriage and divorce. The Great Divorce is about the great and vast differences, the great and vast divorce between hell and earth, and heaven itself. And in the book, the narrator takes a bus ride up and out of this gray and dim and dank and dark city, away to the countryside, and he suddenly finds himself in the earliest parts of heaven when he gets off the bus. It is a land of intense beauty and perfection, and everything is solid, so solid much more solid than things in hell or things on earth. In fact, the grass is so solid that when human beings, regular human beings, walk on that grass, it comes right up through their feet. The rain is so solid that it's like pellets hitting you hard and it hurts. Flowers are too heavy to pick up. Waterfalls talk. And in the book, heaven is anything but a state of mind. It is more real than anything that we would now consider to be real in this place or time or space. There is a time and there is a place when all of us believers in Jesus will walk right into a city that is more real than anything that we occupy right now. St. Paul talks about it like this, with a great and certain hope. He says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal, note this, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For we know that if the tent that is our heavenly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. So maybe you've had this experience before. Late last year, I went to the eye doctor, and I went through, you know, everything you go through at the eye doctor, looking through that thing, whatever it was, you know, whatever it is. Is it this or is it that? Is it this or is it that? And I went through and got to the end of the exam, and the doctor said, your prescription remains the same. It's the same one that you've had for at least the last three or four years. So I went on my merry way, got my contact lenses, put them on, and not more than a month or two later, right here in church, I'm looking down at my bulletin and I can barely read it. 
And then I look back out at the back of the sanctuary and I can't really see those of you who are sitting in the back pews. And so I had to resort to wearing these glasses that help me see now very well, now close down, and, and I can see all of you back in the back pews, so be aware of what you're doing back there. Today I'd like to have you put on God's glasses so that you can see the close realities of this life and that the close realities of this life are nothing compared to the eternal reality that is weighty and solid and like no reality that you or I have ever known in this life. I'd like you to see clearly and closely today two realities, the two realities in which we as believers in Jesus, we as Christians always live. The first reality that we see is the reality of day-to-day -day life in this world. We cannot escape it. Along with all the joys, all the good times, all the wonderful times, all the celebrations that we have in life, we also, as you well know, face trials and tribulations and temptations, all the things that come from living in a broken world. Why is it that it felt so devastating and so familiar this past week as we turn on the news and we hear about the suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. Two people who had seemingly anything and everything they could have ever wanted in life. All the money they could have ever wanted, a, a home on Park Avenue in New York, travel wherever they wanted. They could have eaten whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Both seemed to have everything they could have ever wanted, and yet there must have been so much disability and so much despair that they couldn't even bear to live any longer. I suppose those two were carrying burdens that may have been the same for us, had we been in their shoes as well. And, and even if we aren't in their shoes, we have to admit that sometimes we can feel desperate. We can feel down, filled with dread and despair. Those times, those realities in our life can, can drag down a person's faith. Unfortunately, some people even abandon the faith when they go through difficulties and trials like that because of the present realities that they experience. The reality of this world is that both our society and our own bodies are filled with sin and sinfulness. As we confessed a little bit earlier this morning, we have been sinful from the time we were conceived and we have lived out that sin in our lives and sometimes the sin of others impacts us as well. And so as Christians, we are not exempt from the realities of this world. We live with the consequences of sin all around us. Let's consider some of those consequences like sicknesses and illness and, of course, death. We face the persecution of Christians here in this country and around the world. We face struggling and broken relationships. We face financial struggles here and there. We face frustrations and, and stress throughout the course of most every week, just to name a few of the things that we struggle with. I wonder what realities Pastor Raleigh will run into as he immerses himself into the culture 
of the University of Central Florida. You know as well as I do that universities and colleges are notorious as being places where young people, for the first time when they are out on their own, begin to sow their wild oats. We see headlines all the time about the bad, even the evil things that happen on college campuses, and we are sending Pastor Raleigh right into the teeth of that. But St. Paul has a never-say-die spirit that he exhibits in our text when he says, so we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Because the second reality that we see today is the realm that we already occupy and yet are waiting for the eternal and final revealing. As Christians, we live in the now, the reality of now, and in the reality of the not yet, the things that are yet to come. We live in God's kingdom, and yet that kingdom is not yet fully and completely revealed to us, but we know that one day it will be. And so here's where you have to put on the glasses of faith. Without the glasses of faith, our lives would look desperate and, and dark without any certain hope for the future. But with the eyes of faith, we see the solid reality of the life that is yet to come. As believers, we cannot focus only on the temporary and passing realities of this world all those things are what the God of this world would use to, to distract us, to drag us down, to tear us down, to pull us away from our faith, from our Savior, from true rest, from perfect peace. As St. Paul says, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building with, from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. When we were in Nashville a couple weeks ago, we drove past a literal tent city of homeless people who were living underneath a highway overpass. They set up tents, and they live there. That is, until just recently, the city fathers passed an ordinance saying you cannot any longer set up tents underneath highway overpasses. And so as we would drive by there time and time again in our visit to Nashville, there were big signs that were set up, do not let the city remove us from our homes, and all kinds of things like that. And it reminded me of this text. We live in a tent city here on earth. It's a reminder for us that even and when we are kicked out of this temporary earthly tent, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands that is solid and certain and sure. We live our whole lives as believers against that backdrop, against the backdrop of knowing for certain that there is a solid, real life that is yet to come. And that's all because Satan tore down the earthly tent of Jesus, our Savior, his body on the cross. And then God 
raised our Jesus up again with a permanent and perfect body. And it's the very same body that he continues and still possesses as he sits at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us and preparing for us the reality of that city, of that life that is yet to come. His resurrection to permanent and eternal life is a certain promise of our own resurrection to permanent and eternal life. We have been baptized into it. No one can take that away from us. I have a sneaking suspicion that Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain lived lives without that certain hope. Hopelessness must most certainly have contributed to their demise. And so it is our duty, it is our privilege as believers To say to this world, as St. Paul says to us, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Jesus' resurrection from the dead and our own baptism guarantees it. So today we at Ascension Lutheran Church, send Pastor Raleigh as a missionary, as a hope giver and a hope bringer, right into the teeth of a campus that has more than enough sin and evil and despair to go around. But he goes with our prayers. And more than that, he goes with God the Father's sure and certain word that brings hope to the hopeless and joy to those who are down and out and peace to those who can find no peace. I hope you know, Raleigh, that we are your partners in this ministry, that we stand beside you and behind you, that we go with you as you make your way into this very important ministry. As you probably know, the University of Central Florida has over 70,000 students. Raleigh will be starting with a core of about 20. I wonder how those 20 students and this one man will be used by the Holy Spirit to bring an impact worldwide as international students come and go, as local students come and go. It all starts with one-on-one relationships. The relationships that God will be establishing between Pastor Raleigh and those students, between those students and others in new and creative and different ways as they gather together for Bible study and worship as the Lord has his way on that campus through him, through us, through all the many contacts and relationships that are begun and endured. Please keep Pastor Raleigh in your personal prayers as he sets off on this exciting journey, as he has the support of a board that follows him, the support of these students that are there, the support of God himself. What a wonderful ministry it will be, and we can't wait to see what happens. But in the meantime, we all live our lives certain of one day living in the place where the light, the grass, the trees, are different, made of some different substance, so much solider, 
than things in our country that men are ghosts by comparison. We are not, of course, ultimately ghosts. We are people, human beings, redeemed by the blood of Jesus who live forever in the land that is more real than this. Really, really real. Amen.